This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work, because business is personal. Today we have our first guest on the show. Don is talking to psychologist Dr. Jennifer Baker. Dr. Baker is also the founder and executive director of Good Dads, a nonprofit that exists to encourage all fathers by providing inspiration, resources, and events to help dads be the best they can be. Dr. Baker is a wealth of knowledge and wisdom. Today she's sharing some great tips for how to keep yourself healthy mentally during this unique holiday season. Hope you enjoy the conversation. 2020, am I right? How many of you are tired of hearing about 2020 and all of the stress and all of the stuff that's going on? And we keep seeing spikes and then things are going kind of back to normal and then they're not going back to normal. And now we've got the holidays coming up and this thing's clearly going to go into next year. So we're not even going to be able to complain about 2020 anymore. We're going to be talking about 2021. Uh, but then there's great news about a new uh, new vaccines coming. But then there's, there's negative news in politics and there's the holidays coming up and there's uncertainty in jobs and there's uncertainty in what the government's going to do. And there's uncertainty about where are you going to go for your Christmas dinner, all these things that are out there. So we thought we would take some time on the More Than Work podcast here and just give you a second, take a breath, take a breath and just just relax a little bit. And we're going to talk a little bit about coping with stress uh, through these hol- this holiday season in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, and so to help us do that, I've got a very, very special guest with us. Uh, Dr. Jennifer Baker is a clinical psychologist practicing in Springfield, Missouri, and she is the founder of a nonprofit called Good Dads, uh, which works to inspire, resource, and encourage fathers to be more involved in their children's lives. Uh, she's also a member of our advisory council here at People Centric Consulting Group, uh, and she has helped a ton of people, including myself. Uh, she is just fantastic. Dr. Baker, welcome to the More Than Work podcast. Wow. I, I need to have that with my morning coffee every so often that I, you know, I would feel energized to start the day. I'm game. You know, we don't work that far apart from each other. So if you want to just come by, we'll just, we'll, we'll just introduce each other and then let okay. us see goes, right. let it go for the day. Uh, that's awesome. So let's kind of jump right in. Uh, you know, so we did a video together. Uh, it, it was, I think it was 20 years ago, but it, it was actually April. Uh, it, yeah. it feels like it was 20 years ago. Yeah, it does. Uh, on, on a series that we did, that was a video series. It's available on YouTube called Surviving to Thriving. And it was, we did this in March and April and, and, and May, and it was really large, largely for leaders and businesses and just people trying to get through the pandemic. And uh, Dr. Baker, your video that you did was the most popular one that we had. It had the most traffic, had the most comments, the most feedback that I got from it. Uh, and, and, and a lot of it goes back to this, this one, one concept that you dropped that I thought was fantastic. So I'm going to start there is we all feel a little bit stressed right now. We all feel tired. We feel kind of strangely energized. Lots of people are even moving houses. Lots of people are getting pets strangely. Some people are having weird (laughs) dreams, like all these different things. And I asked you the question, how should we feel through all of this? And I thought you had a a great answer. So how should we feel through this whole thing? Oh, please, please don't tell me that and remember what I said back then. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure I can do that. 
um, how should we feel? I think we should feel the way we feel. I mean, let's, let's not keep beating ourselves up because we're not happier or more energetic or have more momentum. Let's just take it one day at a time and feel the way we feel because some days you're going to feel sad. Some days you're going to feel like you have regret about things that you can't do. And then some days you might feel a little bit more optimistic and positive about the future. So yeah. That's, ex that's exactly what you said last time. So thank you for repeating oh, that. I know I put you on the spot there. I didn't tell you. You literally asked me like, what questions are you going to ask me? And I just kind of threw one at you that I didn't even tell yeah. you about, but yeah. I knew you did great. Yeah, Don, I, I just have to say that you're like my clients who say, and when you said, and then quote something that I think, gosh, did I ever say that? I can't remember saying that. That was really good. I'm really yeah. smart. I'm right. good at this. Yeah, that's funny. I get that too. Sometimes when I do a lot of keynote presentations, somebody will come to me and say, what was it that you said about accountability? That was really good. And I'm like, I, I say many things. Sometimes I went on volume. And so just pick the thing you like and, and go by, go on that. Well, I love that, that point, Dr. Baker, about how you, if you take some pressure off of yourself, first of all, uh, as an, as an early way, maybe to relieve some stress in your life is that some days are going to be better than others yeah. and recognize that it's not going to be perfect and you can't control everything. Um, what, what do you think happens when we throw the holidays into this too? Um, well, of course, with holidays, there's a lot of nostalgia, things that we enjoy doing. We remember doing a different way in the past or that we look forward to repeating and we know we're not going to be able to repeat this year. So I think there's some of that. There's some feelings of sadness. Um, now, honestly, a lot of people have some sadness at Christmas time because this might be the first Christmas that somebody is not sitting at the dinner table that was there in the past, or maybe they're not able to go home and be with people that they want to. That happens. It just doesn't happen to so many of us at one time as is happening this year. So throwing that in, I think, you know, is a factor. And then people feel a little anxious because they can't do what they've always done. And so it's like, now what? Now what? Yeah. I've heard a lot of people express stress and worry about, even if something hasn't happened with the loved one, worrying yeah. about that it could happen. Yeah. Like, right. like I've heard somebody like, I don't want to go home and I don't want to expose a loved one to something, right. but I don't know if they're going to be around next year and added yes. stress for that. So it's not just what's happening now. It's even the worry about what's going to happen next year. Uh, right. And I, and I would, in some respects, I would almost call that borrowing trouble. Not that you don't want to be thoughtful. We do know what we need to do to be safe, but worrying that they're not going to be here next year is kind of taking a big leap or a bigger leap than we need to take. That's not helpful. There are other things that you can do to connect with your loved one um, if you can't be physically together. And you know, here's, here's something that I think about. There's some things, a lot, a lot of times at Christmas time we would be talking about in the holiday seasons, how to manage the stress of the holidays when there are so many demands on our time. So many things we have to do. That's parties and then we have to go to gatherings and how many Christmas celebrations do we need to have with extended family and all of that. Uh, many of those are just not going to be an issue this year. There aren't going to be many parties. There aren't going to be many holiday obligations. You aren't going to need to buy a new dress for or a new suit for or some new outfit. You're just not going to need to do that. 
So since you're not going to do that, and since this is likely going to be the only Christmas you're really going to have like this, what does that enable you to do? Mm. What does that enable you to do? So for instance, at Thanksgiving, we did something that we have never done and we had a wonderful time. So we rented a house at the lake for three days with our daughter and her family. And then their friends were next door. Now we have had COVID and recovered. So we didn't have to worry about giving it to anybody or getting it from anyone where it was a completely safe gathering. But I've been in charge of the Thanksgiving meal for decades. I didn't have to do all that this time. And it really was lovely. So we didn't go shopping. We didn't go out with crowds of people on Friday. We didn't do that. But the time we spent outdoors hiking and playing games together, it was really memorable. In fact, people said, May, maybe we should do this more often. So, so I, create I some new traditions. Sure. Yeah. Think about, although you can't do this, what could you do? And I think maybe we could talk here a little bit about, well, what kinds of things could we do? So, I love that. I love that. And I, so I think people can kind of check themselves in a moment of that. And it's probably the moment where you make those decisions, the moments when you're feeling the stress. Yes. Right. And so that's the moment where you can, I love your, your term borrowing trouble, where you can borrow <laughs> trouble and you can think of all the things you can't control and all of the issues that you're never going to be able to do. And you, you get, there's, a, there's another term I know I, I like from the, the um, uh, called the, the sucker's choice of like, it's going to be either terrible or it's going to be even worse. I'm between a rock and a hard place here. Uh, <laughs> You know, and it's usually someplace in between. So, so how do you make those more of those better choices? How do you catch yourself in those moments when you're highly stressed out and maybe make the better choices to, to find those new, uh, the, those, the, what, the, to enable yourself to do something different? All right. So remember, there's a lot of things that you're not going to need to do, have to do, be obligated to do. So that's going to give you a little more time to do something else. So let's, let's start with that. Okay. Take a deep breath. You're not going to be doing all those things. So you have time to do something else. So what brings you joy? And maybe more importantly, what helps you bring joy to others? Because we know that people who give actually get more joy than people who get. So they've looked at the effects of people giving away a sum of money. Even if somebody said, here's $10, you need to give it to somebody. That actually brought them more joy than getting $10 themselves and the joy lasted longer. So everybody needs joy this year, everybody. So what could you do? Um, so here are some, you could do something zany. I mean, how about you dress up in an elf costume and deliver uh, cookies to your neighbor's doorsteps and you know, get your kids dressed up too. Or how about, you know, you may have given up given writing Christmas cards long ago, but this year you have time to do it and you're not going to see people. So how about you get some Christmas cards and write a personal note to some people that you really want to let them know how meaningful they are to you. Or I know some people are having Zoom cocktail hours. How about you call up some old friends? You say, how about we get together on Zoom and visit? And honestly, some people are doing more visiting via Zoom or sometimes the telephone than they did before. My husband's brother now calls every two or three weeks. And it wasn't unusual in the past that John might call every two or three months, but John is at home, not going anywhere. And so he calls every two or three weeks. So I mean, let's look at the things we can do. If it brings you joy to bake, 
bake and give it away, you know, some of it. Uh, if it brings you joy to write cards, do that. If it, if it brings you joy to decorate your front yard uh, or your house so that your neighborhood has a bright spot, then do that. But think about ways you can share that joy with other people because that will lift your spirits. That definitely will make you feel brighter. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Looking for those opportunities to share that joy. Uh, I was just thinking like even uh, there's a, a crew I used to hang out with a lot in high school and we hadn't talked in forever and we did a Zoom call yeah. on a on a like on a Saturday night and just and caught up with everybody's lives. Now we kind of have a chat thing going on with that group. And, you know, one person got sick and chatted to everybody. Another person got engaged and chatted to everybody and stuff. And it's yeah. a group that I hadn't connected with in a long time. Yeah. That's really because really you, you because you don't have to go places, certain places and do certain things. Uh, it's not holiday parties are an obligation, but sometimes they are in part. It's like, you know, you need to be there and you enjoy the people there, but you're not going to do that this year. So what else can you do? Look at that. You get to reconnect with people who are a meaningful part of your life. That brings you joy. That brings them joy. You would not do that if we were not in the middle of a pandemic. Be too busy, be too, busy too busy traveling, too busy doing all the things that yeah. we do. That's yeah. absolutely right. That's awesome. So it's, it's more focusing on what you do, what you have, but then also, and I know last time we talked, you also talked about, you made a suggestion of even maybe if you're, if you're struggling with that, of making a list. So they say, don't yeah. count your blessings, but maybe this is a good time to count your blessings. Yes, absolutely. Um, and making a point of like, I told you, just told you that I got new blinds in my office and I made a point of sending an email and a note to the person who facilitated all of that just to let her know, because recently I've got a few notes from people who said, oh, thank you so much for the way you helped our family or thank you. And like, really, most of the time, clients don't take the opportunity to do that. But when they send me a personal email or they take the time to write me a note, that means a great deal to do that. So yeah, here's somebody said uh, recently, unexpressed gratitude is experienced as ingratitude. So when you don't tell people that you're thankful for, grateful for things that they do, what they experience that at is you really don't care that you're not really that grateful. So it's not enough to feel grateful. We need to tell people. Now, our parents all knew this because when we were little, they said, say thank you right away. <laughs> you know, what do you tell and so-and-so? <laughs> I love that. So if you're, if you're listening right now, which I guess you are technically listening right now, because it's a podcast and that's exactly what you're doing. If you're hearing us right now, uh, it, just pause for a second, put it, put us on pause and just think of maybe three people that you've been very thankful for. And that yeah. could be somebody that did something for you recently, yeah. or, or maybe I recently looked up uh, a, a teacher that I had a long time ago and thought, boy, it would be kind of cool to, it's, it's not hard on the internet to find people. Uh, yeah. You find the person, send them a note and just say, hey, by the way, I was just thinking of people I'm thankful for and I thought of you. And even though I haven't oh. talked to you in 20 years, uh, uh, people love that, that's huge. And it made me feel good doing that. It is, that's huge. You're right. And it'll make you feel good. It's doing a lot for the other person. And when it doesn't cost you a thing. And we do things like that. We really improve our mood and disposition. So, you know, I, I'm all about self-care, but honestly, self-care sometimes is really focusing on our meaning and purpose and how we can bring joy to other people. 
That, that's a great perspective is the best way to sometimes take care of yourself is take care of other people. Yeah. Yeah. Not in an unhealthy way, but in a way that brings joy to them. I always think it brings, it needs to bring joy to you and to them. Yeah. Yeah. To, to empower them, not to, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so switching gears a little bit here, uh, a lot of times people use the holidays and I do this definitely, uh, you know, a lot of times work slows down a little bit over the holidays, not for everybody. Some people it definitely picks up, uh, you know, thank you, mail carriers and UPS drivers and uh, everybody who's working at store people, store owners and retail. Yeah. Um, but some of us who use this time to kind of recharge our batteries uh, but sometimes we recharge that by doing things that we can't do normally. Can you talk a little bit about like some things that we can recharge, how ways that we can maybe recharge our batteries uh, in, in the COVID holiday season? Sure. Uh, well, the first thing I would say is go outside, go outside, go outside. <laughs> if there is no bad weather. There's only bad clothing. Now, I mean, there are some days that are more difficult than others, but honestly, as my father used to say, uh, you know, if you're hiking, if you like to hike, he goes, well, when you get down into the timber, <laughs> then, then that breeze, that wet wind won't be so strong. <laughs> <laughs> it's windbreaker. It'll be, it'll be a cool, it'll be a warm 20 degrees outside. It'll be it's a warm okay. 20 degrees out, but we need, actually, we need the sunshine on our faces uh, to counteract seasonal affective disorder. Um, we do better, we sleep better, our blood pressure is lower, we feel better about life if we can get ourselves outside for a portion of each day. It doesn't have to be a long time, but uh, if you can get out, I would say more days than not, it would be a good thing. Um, this is also a time when it's good to do something that you maybe, it, you could try learning something new, ask someone to teach you how a skill, maybe wood carving, maybe I've always wanted to learn to knit, Maybe I could get my Aunt Matilda to show me how to knit a scarf. Um, there are, you know, maybe you want to learn how to do a painting and there are places you can go and paint. So take a new skill, a new hobby, because we may find out when we're really engaged in something. I'm sure you're familiar with Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, who wrote the book Flow. That whole idea that when we're in that place where we lose track of time, where, we're, where it seems like time stands, stands still, that is very good for the brain. That's very renewing. It's very calming because it's, we're so engaged that we forget about other things. Um, that's a good thing to do. I'm not talking necessarily about watching hours of television. So get out of the recliner, get off the sofa, go. Yeah. but doing something active. And then if there are other people who are also learning or engaging in that and you're a people person, uh, then you, you know, you're forming connections with people while you're also learning something. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so this is a good time to be thinking about the things that you've always wanted to do or go look at. And I love the go outside idea. That is that's huge. That's something that it's really easy when you think when you keep hearing the word quarantine multiple times a day, uh, you don't think about, wow, it's really important for me to go outside. You, it, yeah. it, there's, there's a kind of an unnatural, a natural tendency to not want to go outside. Like I'm, I'm, I'm huddling up. Okay. I'm not going to go see people. Uh, yeah. And I just, I mean, there's part of me, it's like, we do not live in New York city. Most of us are a large city. Even if we did, we should still go outside. 
but you could probably go outside in most places safely and not wear a mask. And you could probably hide for an hour and not see anybody wearing a mask. We do need to cover our faces when we're with other people, but there are many, many places you can be where you won't need to do that. And that's very renewing and refreshing. So go outside. Yeah, there's lots of ways to go. We know that's one thing that is nice about now than it was back in March is back in March, we didn't know how to protect ourselves. Yes. And now we really do. So, I mean, we can do, I, it was kind of cool. I hadn't been to uh, our coffee shop in a while downtown. And yeah. uh, yesterday, Bethany said, we should go get some coffee. And I was about to make some coffee here because I just got into that, that rhythm. And yeah. we did, we walked over the coffee shop and it felt amazing, like just to walk into the coffee shop and it's safe. And they have the line like really drawn out yes. and people are six feet apart and people know what the rules are and they, people were masked and everything. And it's super, super low risk and felt so good. Right. Uh, so, so, so get out and do those things. You know, another thing, Dr. Paper, that people use this time of year for, especially in the, the those of us in the business world, uh, we use this for goal setting. Yes. Uh, individually as organizations. Um, we've talked to some organizations who we've talked to, this is, a, this is strategic planning season for us. Uh, we're definitely doing less of that this year. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are going, well, how can we plan when we don't have a clue What's going to happen next right. year, which is, yeah. which is actually always our reality. Like that's always true. Yeah. But somehow this year it feels even more so. So, so what can we do in terms of like how important is goal setting into next year? Is it something that we just do it like a shorter term? Is it something that we should just put off until there's more certainty? What are your thoughts on goal setting? Um, the last two days, I just uh, did a training for people who are facilitating classes on healthy relationships. And it's for singles. In other words, you don't take the class with your partner. You may have a partner, but you don't take the class with him or her. And I was thinking, what a valuable thing it would be to say, you know, I'm going to learn some new relationship skills in January. That's my January goal. I'm going to do that in February. I'm going to work on some communication skills. Uh, that's my goal for February. So I was thinking, all right, we may not know exactly what we're going to do in the workplace, but there's always, we always have the choice to work on ourselves and to work on some strategies, some things that can help us be better at communicating and connecting with other people. So I would say, make sure that's part of your goal. If you're in a marriage and things are a little rocky or stressful, and we hear there's, I mean, as a therapist, I can say, yes, that's being together a lot doesn't necessarily improve one's relationship. Uh, then why don't you work on it? You know, that this, the vaccine isn't going to be available to everyone for a few months. So why don't you say, you know, why not? Let's, let's take a relationship education class as a couple. Let's do something to improve what we've got here why we can't. I love that. I love that. This last weekend, it was funny. It's a little bit falls into the sit on the couch thing that you said, probably yeah. not to do, but I did do this, <laughs> but I've always been, I've always been interested in film and movies and things like that. And Alfred Hitchcock is one of my favorite directors. And I realized over the weekend that now with like Netflix and Hulu and all these others, like there was every Alfred, I have access to every Alfred Hitchcock movie. Like yeah. I can watch those. And I just started flipping through them and I started just studying Alfred Hitchcock and it wasn't just blanking out and watching the movie. It was like watching the scenes and thinking about, okay, how did he choose to shoot that? And what was the impact of that? And I totally got into that flow that you talked about before of like yeah. time to suddenly just, it was just suddenly it was, you know, an hour past dinner time. Like, oh, I should probably go eat something. Uh, I'm kind of hungry. Uh, it's just, you can learn something new. So it's, it's a good time to be able to work on yourself, I think is what you're saying. And you've got some time and think about that. And Yes. And another thing that has happened as a result of this, 
Uh, my husband and I always wanted to be in a small group, but it just never worked out for any number of reasons. And then when we finally were able to have a little bit more flexibility, the problem was, you know, you get home from work and then you get in the car and then you drive someplace and then you're in the group and then you finish the group and then you come home and it's, you know, it's exhausting. So now we are in a small Zoom, a small group on Zoom on Tuesday nights and we all log on anywhere between 6.45 and 7. And we've got people all the way from Clever to Springfield to Texas. We've got two people in Texas in the group. We have our discussion and we're done promptly at eight, you know, and it's I'm like, I don't have to drive anywhere. I come home, I eat supper, I relax, I sit down. So you might also consider, would this be a good time to have a small group to maybe have a book study, you know? Maybe we could have a book discussion group and I could put that together and we could have two or three nights with people who wanna read the same book and talk about that. So, or, you know, in your case, you've discovered your love of Alfred Hitchcock. You could put together a small group who loved any kind of particular film genre. And you could say, let's have, let's meet two or three times to just talk about this and what we like about it, what's the best thing. So especially January, February, and March, there's going to be opportunities to do that. And maybe even into April. You're, this is unprecedented in that way, but in a good way, it allows you to do something that you've never done before. And who knows what might come out of that. That's That's kind of exciting when you look at that. Like none of us, I've said this a lot of times, no one would have chosen this. Yes. But now that it's in front of us, uh, a friend of mine always says, you know, don't waste a good crisis. Right. Uh, we're disrupted right now. So sometimes disruption is good for us. A lot of learning occurs during disruption uh, and, and uncomfortableness. Uh, what, what would you say to the folks? I could hear you as you were talking and sharing your story about the small group over the Zoom. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've heard so many people say, yeah, but it's not the same. Zoom calls are just not the same as getting together. I, I've heard so many people say that. I want to give you a chance to comment on that because I've, 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 I just heard through your radio and your, your iPhones and everybody's listening to this, like 10 yeah. people just went, yeah, but it's not the same. Yeah, it's not. Sometimes it's better. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, honestly, haven't you gotten together for a dinner or with friends? And sometimes it's disappointing. Sometimes people are in a scratchy mood. Uh, sometimes you're just exhausted, so you're not in the best space. So let's not idealize the fact that every time we get together with someone in person, that is wonderful. We do miss being together with people in person, but it's not always wonderful. And it's interesting to me that with our Zoom group, we have people together who we otherwise would never be together. And we're having some very interesting conversations just because we have multiple perspectives with people who otherwise would never have been in the same room. I feel so lucky to be able to be part of that. I think it's, okay. it's very interesting. And I come away thinking about well, what we talked about and you know how somebody else might see that and thinking these people, yeah, I'd love to have all these people in the same room, but the fact that we can't be in the same room has enabled us to get to know each other. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of like, I always think about the old the debate about the open office or closed office, you know, and it's like, it's one or the other, or should it be? And I'm hearing now, like, is it technology or is it in person? What's better? Yeah. And it, they're just different. They're different. There's opportunities that you can do in technology. Like we're, I know we're able to have more meetings and more interactions during a day than we could before. Cause yeah. I don't, 
nearly as much. I don't travel nearly as much. Uh, it, it's easier to schedule things, but yeah, it, I mean, there is a, there are some benefits to the face-to-face, -face, but there's some benefits to the technology. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, and maybe you think that I've heard this, but it actually works well too. When we did our training yesterday, we had about, uh, oh, 11, 10, 11 people, you know, screens. Uh, and we told them don't mute unless you got a dog barking in the background or, you know, a chainsaw or something, don't mute because it makes the conversation more spontaneous. You know, there are a few little things you have to kind of pay attention to, but I think you can make it be a pretty good experience. Yeah. And turn your camera on, right? That's the other oh, one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where people don't have their cameras on and it's like, no, you got to turn your camera on. I get it. I get yeah. you, you might only be wearing a shirt that day and then sweatpants, but whatever, you know, it's cool. People are used to, people are good. Um, let me just, can I say one thing about that, about in the work setting? Please. So we, we had a situation yesterday where we had, I think we had 11 people on and one person was clearly, and, and we had told them ahead of time, we, we got to see you. We don't want to see a picture or anything else. We need to see you. So one person was clearly looking at a couple of screens and then also texting and for the first hour and a half now I was the master facilitator I was a trainer so I'm like what am I going to do about that because I cannot let that continue and that's such an awkward feeling so a couple times I did call on her and she still didn't get the message so finally while I'm teaching I've got someone on camera and someone on chat I had the person on chat I said please tell her that she needs to give us our fullest needs to give us her fullest attention out of respect for everyone else who is giving their fullest attention. Mm -hmm. uh, we did get a little pushback verbally, uh, not verbally, but in the chat. But after that, she was totally engaged the rest of the day and the next day. So I felt a little bit like, you know, when I used to be a classroom teacher, if you don't deal with that problem behavior, you're sending a message to everybody else in the group. So you have to deal with it. Yeah, that's people get by with that. Yeah, that's true in live meetings too. And a lot of times people who facilitate live meetings, you'll see people being disengaged in a live meeting. And sometimes yeah. you do have to, you do have to lean in a little bit. Uh, and the, the, the cues that you can do in a live meeting don't work online all the time. So you have to leverage some of the technology and like the chats and things like that yeah. are good ways to call people out without calling them out in front of everybody. Right. Uh, that, that's, that's definitely true. And then for those of you who are on those, remember that you're always communicating. So whenever you're sitting there and you're, you might think, oh, I'm paying attention, but I'm texting and I'm looking at my other monitor and I'm doing 12 other things at once. You think you're multitasking, but what you're communicating, maybe not deliberately to everybody else is that you don't care about being there. Yeah. And, and that, that's, if that's the message you're trying to communicate, then good job. You're doing a great job with that. But if that's not the message you're trying to communicate, then be present in the moment and engage engage people. I, I've noticed in people interacting that people who are more prone to that are also the ones that hate the technology more. Yes. It's like, it's like well, you're, you're not leveraging it. Give yourself time, like focus on, on what's happening here. Yeah. Well, well, this has been a fantastic conversation. Some great advice going through the holidays here. I love the idea of giving. I hope all of you, if, if you got one takeaway from this, uh, what can you do to brighten up somebody else right now? Uh, there's so many opportunities for that. It doesn't have to be something huge. You don't have to buy somebody a car. You can think about like just writing a nice right. note or I like the idea of making cookies or baking something or doing something goofy or just calling somebody or whatever that is. I think that's a great idea. Uh, you know, as you do your goal setting, you think about the things you can control. And one of the things you can control is you. 
-hmm. what skill sets do you need to be able to explore? And then while you're thinking about that, that can lead you to some of the things that you want to develop with yourself. And that will give you some things, activities to do that kind of fill your time. I think that's a great, a great tip as well. And then I love the one of uh, go outside uh, and, and your comment, you know, hey, it's, it's never bad weather. There's just bad clothes for the weather. They make clothes for any type yes. of weather. For anybody that's listening to us here, you can go outside. Yes. You can go outside. If it's raining, you can still go outside. They yes. have ginormous umbrellas. You can go outside. If it's incredibly cold and windy and snowy and everything, you can still go outside. Mm -hmm. So get, get outside and enjoy that. Well, Dr. Baker, really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, if anybody has questions or anything that they'd like to explore further, uh, you can reach out to us and email us or other topics. We're always looking for, uh, for your feedback. We've already done several topics that have been requested by our listeners. So thank you for joining us on the More Than Work podcast. Thank you. Hope these tips help you to have a restful and joyful holiday season. Be sure to share this episode with someone else who would find it helpful. Would you also make sure you are subscribed to our show? We don't want you to miss an episode. And if you haven't yet, we would love it if you would rate and review our podcast so others can find us and learn how to enjoy their work even more. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time, and in the meantime, lead well.